You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com. If you are listening to the podcast of this, it is located at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. As well, there are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, who are the sole publishers of Steiner into English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of Collected Works, Volume 220 by Rudolf Steiner, 12 lectures entitled Awake for the Sake of the Future, translated by Jan W. Gates. This is Lecture 7, entitled Truth, Beauty, and Goodness, given in Dornach on January 19, 1923. Truth, Beauty, and Goodness, the three universal ideals of humanity, have existed throughout all eras of conscious human development. Arising at first from an instinctive consciousness, the true, the beautiful, and the good have been the highest goals as well as the definitive characteristics of human striving. In ancient times you would have understood more about the true nature of human beings and their relationship to the universe. The ancients spoke more concretely about truth, beauty, and goodness than we today are able to express, given our deep affinity for abstractions. Anthroposophic spiritual science, however, once again speaks concretely of these ideals. This approach is not widely welcomed in our time, for people now much prefer what is inexact, undefined, or nebulous, especially when they are asked to go beyond everyday experience. Today let us clarify how the deeper reality of the words truth, beauty, and goodness are related to the essential nature of being human. When we place before the I, E-Y-E, of the soul, the essential nature of the human being, first of all, we have to look into the physical human body. In our day, the physical body of the human being is considered only in its outward form. No one is conscious of the fact that the various aspects of the physical body have been built up during pre-earthly existence. Of course, the human being lived within a purely spiritual world during pre-earthly existence. In the spiritual world, the human being worked out the spiritual prototype, the spiritual form of the physical body, in union with higher spiritual beings. What we carry with us on earth as a physical body is a reflection, a physical expression, of a kind of spirit kernel that we ourselves crafted during our pre-earthly existence. Here, during earth existence, we experience our own physical body. Even with all that accompanies our sensations and the direct experience of our physicality, we are not fully conscious of our physical body. We speak about truth, but we do not understand how our sensitivity for the truth Our feeling for the truth is directly related to the experience we have of our physical body. When you are confronted with a simple fact, you either form an idea of the fact that exactly corresponds to it and is therefore true, or you adopt a false idea that has nothing to do with the fact and reveals nothing about it. 
The false idea may come about because of ineptitude, inner laziness, or even as a result of direct and intentional opposition to the truth. When you contemplate the truth about a specific matter, you find yourself in harmony with the feeling that your physical body experiences in relation to its pre-earthly existence. We only need to formulate an idea out of laziness or willful lying, or put forward an idea that does not correspond to a fact, and it is as if we had carved out a hole in what connects us to our pre-earthly existence. When we surrender to an untruth, we sever threads in the fabric connecting us with our pre-earthly existence. This connection is a delicate spiritual fabric, if I may say it in that way, a fabric that we have woven during our pre-earthly existence, a fabric that shapes the form and contours of our physical body. I would like to put it this way. It is as if our physical body was connected by many threads to an to its pre-earthly existence, and when we surrender to untruthfulness, it severs these threads. The purely intellectual consciousness that has become prevalent since the beginning of the era of the consciousness soul is so appealing to human beings that we are not even aware of being torn away from our pre-earthly existence. This is one of the reasons why human beings today have so much difficulty understanding how the human being stands in relation to cosmic existence. We are most likely to be aware of our physicality when something disrupts the health of our bodies. But in fact, when we surrender to untruth, we sever threads that connect us to our pre-earthly existence. This affects the physical body especially the constitution of the nervous system. It is through the feeling we receive from the physical body that we also receive our feeling for our spiritual being within the cosmos. In order to experience ourselves as spiritual beings in the cosmos, it is necessary that the threads connecting the physical body to its pre-earthly existence have not been severed. If the connection has been broken, then for our very sense of being and existence we have to create a substitute for a healthy feeling of our spiritual being. This we do unconsciously, but humanity has reached an inner uncertainty with regard to this feeling for one's own being, which is penetrated right into the physical body. This pure sense for our spiritual being, which is an essential characteristic of being human, formerly was more and more evident the further back we go in human history. And we ask ourselves today if it is still strongly present in us. Think, for example, about the many things people take into account when planning for the future, except for their original spiritual inner life. Too often a person chooses a profession in order to be known as a secretary or a notary and thinks that if other people identify him or her as having a particular profession, they are able to describe who the person really is. Actually, the only thing that matters 
as whether we understand our true being through an inner feeling life quite apart from outer appearances. What assurance do human beings have of the reality of the self, the feeling for our own existence? During earthly existence we live in a world that is only a reflection of true reality. We shall understand this physical world only if we recognize that it is a reflection of true reality. However, we must experience true reality within ourselves. We must inwardly experience our relationship to the spiritual world. That is possible only when we sustain our relationship to our pre-earthly existence. We can keep our connection to pre-earthly existence intact through our love for pure truth and unwavering truthfulness. Nothing strengthens the genuine feeling of our humanity more fully than the cultivation of the truth and truthfulness. To feel responsible to test everything you say. To feel responsible to know the extent to which you can stand behind something you say. These are measures that support the inner consolidation of the worthiness of your inner being, of your very existence. And the integrity of your inner being is connected with your capacity to experience the spiritual within your physical body. Thus we shall see that a close relationship to the physical body also helps us to recognize, to experience the ideal of truth. In recent lectures I have described how we acquire the etheric or life body, that is the formative forces of our body, a short time before we descend from our pre-earthly into our earthly existence. We gather together forces shaped in the cosmic etheric substance in order to form our own etheric body. In earlier epochs of human development, humanity had a better understanding of the etheric body than people have today. Today we have a poor understanding of this etheric body. In fact, many people ridicule any mention of the reality of the etheric body. Nevertheless, it is through our capacity to perceive and feel this etheric body that we shall strengthen our experience of beauty. When we strive for a real experience of truth and truthfulness, we discover this within the physical body. When we wish to develop our feeling for beauty, our experience of beauty in the right way, we discover this in our body of formative forces, that is, the etheric body. Beauty is connected with the etheric body just as truth is connected with the physical body. You can understand the relationship of beauty to the etheric body of the human being by thinking of the significance of beauty revealed in the artistic creations of humanity. And what I wish to draw to your attention here holds true for all the arts. When we see a living human being, we know that this person is just one individual among countless other human beings. One person has no meaning without the many others who surround the person. The one belongs to the many, and the many belong to the one. 
Just imagine how weakly rooted in existence we would be without our fellow human beings. When we apply this example to an artistic portrayal of a human being, it does not matter if the work of art is a sculpture, painting, or drama. We see that the artist tries to create something that is sufficient within itself, something that encompasses in and of itself an entire world. This is exactly parallel to the human being who gathers together etheric forces out of the entire cosmos in order to present something real in earthly existence by means of his or her individual etheric body. In ancient times, humanity had a strong sense for beauty as they understood it. Certainly, they had a better sense for beauty than we do today. However, even now we cannot consider ourselves to be fully human without an experience of the beautiful. To have a sense for beauty, we must acknowledge the presence of the etheric body. When we are insensitive to beauty, it means that we ignore and fail to recognize the etheric body. Today people feel none of this in their consciousness. Ancient Greeks who approached the temple and stood before a statue of a god or goddess became inwardly warm and felt as if they were experiencing an inner sunlight. Indeed, the ancient Greeks inwardly felt forces streaming into each internal organ. Standing before a statue of one of the gods in a temple, the ancient Greeks uttered from the depths of their heart, quote, Whenever I stand before this statue, I feel my fingertips in the outermost periphery of my body more clearly, more distinctly than I have ever experienced them before. I have never been so inwardly aware of the arch of my forehead before I entered the temple and stood in front of a statue of one of the gods. Close quote. In the presence of beauty, the ancient Greek felt permeated with warmth, inwardly illuminated, and divinely endowed. This was nothing other than experiencing the love of beauty. The ancient Greek also had a completely different feeling for ugliness than a modern human being experiences. The feeling for ugliness in modern times occurs in a very abstract form, as if it was concentrated and localized in a countenance or face. Ugliness was experienced as coldness by an ancient Greek, and in the presence of extreme ugliness, the ancient Greek had goosebumps. This experience was actually felt within the etheric body. It was something that in ancient times the human being felt in a pronounced way. In the course of human development, we have lost a part of our capacity to experience ugliness so powerfully. These physical sensations have become unconscious for modern human beings who are drawn toward rational understanding and abstraction and thus are inclined to focus attention on their heads where the powers of reason and abstraction reside. What was previously experienced in a living way in the etheric body now remains unconscious to modern human beings. Enthusiasm for truth and truthfulness produces a feeling for our pre-earthly existence in the depths of our unconscious. 
an era in which human beings have no feeling for their pre-earthly existence, will also lack the right sense for truth and truthfulness. An energetically cultivated feeling for the truth, which connects us strongly with our pre-earthly past, inevitably causes sadness in our increasingly intimate experience of the present. As you develop an enthusiasm for the truth and then experience a certain sadness living in the present age, your soul will be comforted and illuminated by the warmth of experiencing beauty. Through beauty we once again receive joy to balance the sadness that sweeps through us as we try to develop our enthusiasm for truth and truthfulness. Whenever we cultivate our feeling for truth, there arises in us the following realization. In this earthly life we experience merely the echo of truth, for truth exists only in pre-earthly existence. Because we have left our pre-earthly existence, we have lost our complete immersion in the substance of truth. Only through our enthusiasm for truth and truthfulness can we expect to maintain our connection to pre-earthly existence. By cultivating a genuine feeling for beauty, we can re-establish our connection to pre-earthly existence during earthly life. We should never underestimate the importance of beauty in education and all aspects of culture. Surroundings filled with ugly machines, smokestacks and billowing smoke create a world devoid of beauty and prevent humanity from making a connection with pre-earthly existence. Indeed, such an environment tears human beings away from their pre-earthly existence. A highly industrialized city provides a convenient way station for all of the demonic beings who want to make human beings forget that they once had pre-earthly existence in the spiritual realm. But if you give yourself over to beauty, you have to acknowledge that something we consider beautiful is not as rooted in reality as is beauty itself. If an artistic portrayal of the human being is formed in an ever more beautiful, sculptural or painterly manner, it only becomes clearer that this does not correspond to external material reality in earthly existence. We receive comfort from a beautiful semblance. However, the comfort that arises from a beautiful semblance can last only until the moment we pass through the portal of death. The spiritual world in which we were fully immersed in our pre-earthly existence still exists and is always present. We only need to stretch out an arm and extend it into the world around us. What exists around us is also the spiritual world in which we spent our pre-earthly existence. Even though this spiritual world is always there, the human being has a connection to it only in the deepest levels of unconsciousness, when one glows with enthusiasm for truth and truthfulness. And a connection is also made between earthly existence and the spiritual world whenever a human being is warmed by something beautiful and by beauty itself. 
as we aspire to reach our full, our true humanity, from a higher spiritual perspective. We should never forget that we have lived a pre-earthly existence in the spiritual world. When we glow inwardly in the presence of beauty, we can experience within our souls the image of renewing our connection with the spiritual world of our pre-earthly existence. How can we strengthen the capacity to enter directly into the spiritual world, a world we left when we descended from pre-earthly existence into earthly life? We build up the strength to enter spiritual worlds when we fill ourselves with goodness and extend good deeds to other human beings. It is not enough to merely know about or to be interested in or to have a feeling for an impulse to do a good deed. It matters only that you manifest the good in your actions, that you convey your own soul to the individuality of the other, to the inner being of the other, into a living experience of the other. Goodness encompasses all the capacities and will forces within the soul. And these capacities and will forces come out of the art of permeating the human being on earth with the full expression of a person's humanity acquired during pre-earthly existence. You connect yourself through the image of beauty in earthly life to the spiritual, which you left behind when you entered your earthly existence. So, too, you will be able to connect your earthly life with post earthly existence by being a good person. A good human being is one who is able to give something of his or her own soul to the soul of another human being. The capacity to take something of your own soul and give it to the soul of another is the foundation of all true morality. Moreover, no social configuration on earth can be sustained without the element of true morality. When this morality leads you to the most significant will impulses in your life and your highest moral actions become a reality, then these moral capacities begin to permeate and direct the impulses of your soul. Thus you will be inwardly moved and able to read the concerns written on the face of another person. And the concerns visible on another's face will be impressed upon your astral body. Just as the feeling for the true is manifest in your physical body, just as the glowing experience of the beautiful is impressed upon your etheric body, so the good enlivens your astral body. Your astral body cannot be healthy, cannot stand upright in the world when you are not able to be permeated by goodness. Truth is related to the physical body, beauty to the etheric body, and goodness to the astral body. Here are concrete relationships between the living human being and the three abstractions, truth, beauty, and goodness. Now we can form a connection between the real being of the human being and what we instinctively perceive as the three ideals. These three ideals will be manifest 
only to the extent that we are able to develop our full humanity. We reach our full humanity when we perceive that truth is planted within our physical bodies and is not simply derived in a conventional way. We can bring our full humanity into existence only when we are increasingly able to use our feeling for beauty to enliven our etheric bodies. We will not have the right sense of beauty until we feel quickened inwardly when we gaze at beauty, just as the ancient Greeks naturally experienced beauty. My dear friends, you can stare at beauty or you can live it, experience it. In our day, most people just stare at beauty. Then they do not have to awaken their etheric bodies. Staring at beauty is not the same thing as experiencing beauty. As soon as beauty inwardly quickens you, so too is the etheric body affected. It is possible for us to do something good out of habit. Similarly, someone might avoid doing something very evil for fear of punishment, or someone might do something bad to another person because the person did not show respect. However, we may also do something good out of real love for the good, in the sense that I described several decades ago in my book titled The Philosophy of Freedom. To do good deeds out of an inner experience of what it means to embrace the good leads us to an appreciation of the importance of the astral body. We will experience this only when we act out of an inwardly generated and deeply experienced sense of the good. Otherwise, the good remains knowledge in the abstract or simply talk about the good and neither leads to an experience of the astral body. The living experience of the good is not the same as the experience of beauty, which creates a connection with pre-earthly existence through images that will no longer exist after the human being passes through the portal of death. Truly experiencing the good provides a real link between the human being and the spiritual world that is always present and into which we can stretch out an arm. We are separate from it during material existence. However, the experience of the good is a real link directly to the spiritual world we enter when we cross the threshold of death. What an individual during earthly life practices while trying to live in the good makes it possible for a person to create forces that remain on earth even after crossing the portal of death. Basically, the sense for truth and truthfulness, when it becomes truly rooted in us, is a legacy of our pre-earthly existence. Our sense for beauty, when it is embedded in our innermost being, gives us an image of the pre-earthly connection with the spiritual world, which we wish to renew and sustain. Truth implants in us the necessity not to sever ourselves from the spiritual, but rather to embrace a real connection to the spirit, to express it through doing what is good, and to develop a will force that is truly human.
To be united with the true means that we must remain connected to our spiritual past. For beauty to have meaning, we must not deny that the spiritual and the physical worlds are interwoven. To be guided by the good means that we shall plant a seed on behalf of the spiritual world for the future. The three concepts, past, present, and future, when placed in the context of human life, expressed in its fullest humanity and grasped as concrete reality, receive even greater significance through their connections to the ideals of truth, beauty, and goodness. Untruthful human beings deny having had a spiritual past and sever the thread between the self and their own spiritual past. The person who disregards beauty wishes to live where the sun of the Spirit never shines and wants to wander about in shadows, forever void of the Spirit. The human being who denies the good abandons and renounces the spiritual future and expects to receive the benefits of the spiritual future by way of an externally generated means of healing. Long ago, truth, beauty, and goodness arose out of the deepest human instinct and became the three greatest ideals that inspired human striving. In modern times, these ideals have almost become empty words, but we have the possibility of taking these ideals and giving them once more real meaning and substance. And now, my friends, having laid the foundation for exploring truth, beauty, and goodness today, I would like to speak about these ideals again tomorrow. The end of Lecture 7